I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 426 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest returning to the podcast today. NFL legend Kurt Warner is back to talk about his upcoming platform, QB Confidential. Give us an update on his kids and drop some of that fatherhood wisdom on us that only a father of seven like Kurt can do. Kurt Warner went from undrafted to NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. He is a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, and two-time NFL League MVP. Among his many other awards, he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2008 for his humanitarian contributions. Kurt Warner has one of the greatest stories in NFL history. He is truly an inspiring human being, and it is an honor to have him back on the podcast. Kurt Warner will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Kurt Warner was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Hall of Fame quarterback and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you want to check out my last interview with Kurt Warner, he was here way back on episode 71. If you enjoy my interviews with dads of the NFL, you got to take a listen to some of my most recent dads that were here, including Jim Kelly, Rod Woodson, Darren Woodson, Andre Tippett, Drew Bledsoe, and so many others. Okay, and I do have a special announcement to hit you guys with. I have been invited by the Medal of Honor Society to attend the 2020 Medal of Honor Convention in Fort Worth, Texas. So I'll be flying out there later on this week, and I'll be recording interviews about fatherhood and family life with our nation's greatest Warriors, Medal of Honor recipients. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the updates on that, plus some live streams from the event. And Wednesday, speaking about Warriors, Benghazi attack survivor Mark Oz Geist will be here joining me on the podcast, so don't miss out on that. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving me a rating or review on iTunes. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with NFL legend Kurt Warner. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Bell Campo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Joining me now, First Class Father, Kurt Warner. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. All right, well, let's get a little update. I mean, we don't have to go through the whole goal, but what are the age ranges of the kids here now? Uh, We're all over. We are uh, everywhere from 30 down to twin girls that are 14 right now. So one in college, actually two in college, one doing college from home, uh, a couple grandkids uh, in the mix as well. So uh, I've got a little bit of anything and everything. 
Yeah, good stuff. And I know um, I want to jump right into this now. I know that you started up here, the, the QB uh, Confidential. What, what was the, uh, the genesis of you starting that up? What has the feedback been so far? Well, actually, uh, you know, I'm just uh, getting ready to launch it. So I've been doing some different things social media wise um, to promote it, but haven't fully launched the website quite yet. Uh, I'm looking to do that probably at the beginning of the year as I continue to kind of build things up and, and generate some interest. But the genesis actually really um, is twofold. You know, first, I, I've always wanted to uh, have a far, uh, you know, a further reach uh, in terms of the quarterback position and help to, you know, to teach uh, and grow and instruct, you know, both players uh, and coaches and, and even fans if if they were interested to go a little bit deeper, um, you know, but with all my my gigs and my kids and, and all the stuff I've got going, uh, it was just always limited. You know, I coached high school football. So you get your small group of high school kids. I do some individual instruction with college and pro guys um, and all that stuff is great. But you just feel like you've got so much more knowledge that you want to share with the masses. Anybody that's interested in taking their game or, or you know, their position to another level. I've always wanted to be able to share that. And, you know, I got my NFL gigs with game day morning and what I do on the network and then, you know, calling games. But, um, you know, with the pandemic hitting, you know, a lot of things slow down, you know, life slows down a little bit. And a lot of things that I was going to do were put on hold. So, you know, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, Zoom meetings with college coaches and, and quarterback rooms at different levels. Um, and I just thought to myself, this is something that I've always wanted to do. I finally have a little bit of time to be able to structure this and build this. Um, and so the, the pandemic has really been the impetus to go, OK, let's uh, let's sit down and put this together and develop a game plan and, and a business plan. And um, so I went about doing that. And, and I'm extremely excited about the platform because there's a lot of different facets to it. You know, there will be some classroom stuff where you can learn uh, everywhere from the basics to the idiosyncrasies of, you know, what goes into, you know, playing the position or, or you know, just football in general, building kind of your football IQ. Uh, I'll be going out on the field, which is something that I'm very passionate about. I think there's uh, a lot of guys that have deficiencies in how they throw the football and, and the technique that goes into it. So I'm excited about getting on the field. Uh, I dive into the playbook, which is another passion of mine. I've always been uh, – uh, I've always loved – you know, the chess game between offenses and defenses and how you design plays to attack defenses and the nuances that go into that. Uh, so there'll be a, a section on, you know, diving into the playbook and learning the why behind each play. Uh, there'll be something I call outside the box, which is uh, kind of getting outside the field. And it's kind of the mental part of the game and being able to share my story and some of the experiences that I went through um, and using that to, uh, to help people write their own story and build their own mindset that can help them to be graded in whatever, you know. And so that's kind of a cool piece that, you know, you can apply it to sports, but it can be applied to anything and everything as well. And then, you know, maybe what you've seen uh, on social media, there'll be a, a section that I call study ball, which is my opportunity to kind of dive into what I'm passionate about. I love the NFL and I love the highest level of football. And so I get a chance to uh, to break down NFL tape. And to be able to connect it uh, through all those different pieces on QB Confidential and then be able to show it at the highest level and show some of the teachings and instructions that I've had in other parts of the, the platform, get to show it with, with film and, and really break it down with a visual. So there'll be five different components to it. 
Uh, I think it will have something for everyone. Um, some people might like all five. Some might like one or two pieces and really want to dive into it. But I think it's going to be unlike anything else that's out there. And it's going to have a depth um, that is going to be very, very unique. So I'm extremely excited about the platform and the number of people that it can impact. And then really where it might go from there. Because, you know, anytime you have a platform, you can get into so much depth. Um, but it's hard to really go where you want to or to the level that you want to. And so, you know, as I've had some of these meetings with with coaches uh, and players, that's kind of what I hope is I hope that it, it you know, it, it takes me into a place where, you know, I could be a consultant for different guys and I could be a resource for different coaches and players at the higher levels to be able to help them take their game to another level. So um, lots going on with it. I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, as I said, probably going to launch the entire platform, even though there's different things out there with social media that I'm building right now, probably uh, launch the entire platform at the beginning of the year when the seasons start to, to tail off. Uh, so people can kind of jump in and, you know, go with me from step one through the process and, uh, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. This is incredible stuff, Kurt. And it's amazing with the technology. We see a lot of these people that have these, uh, the click funnels, they do all these things for, uh, business purposes and teach courses online, but to see it being able to transfer it into something like this. I know I had Teddy Atlas on the podcast here and, and he's big into the boxing world and he's been able to put a program similar to this for the boxing. And he's been able to help so many people because now we get a chance not to just learn from anybody, but we get to learn from the best and we get a chance to see uh, things that, like you say, you get to get more in depth in all this stuff. So I, I, I think it's a, a tremendous uh, platform for so many coaches, players, and everybody else. So I definitely think it'll be a big benefit. And, and, and getting in now, I, I know that your um your son Cade, obviously, and Nebraska that we had the great mustache caper of 2020 <laughs> here. But uh, what has his experience been like playing football here throughout this coronavirus? What has that experience been like for him? You know, it, it's been a challenge. You know, he went back, you know, very early in the summer. You know, we were all quarantined here for a while, and then you know the pressure of, of players getting back, not sure what the season was going to look like. So he's been back since the beginning of the summer. Um, you know, and with the Big Ten, it was pushed back a while. So it's been kind of a long process for him and the players wondering if they're going to play, if they're not going to play, preparing like the season was going to start on time and then it doesn't start on time. And so trying to figure out that balance of what to do and what not to do and, you know, and if they're going to play and what this season's going to look like, you know, they've already had one of their games canceled with the uh, University of Wisconsin. And so, you know, there's changing atmospheres everywhere, and there's a lot of unknown that we've all seen in our personal lives and, of course, in the sports world. And so, um, you know, it's been a challenge, and it's been a struggle for him like everybody else. I think right now he's just happy that they're playing again and they're back out there. And what he loves to do, he's getting an opportunity to do that. Although, you know, you proceed with caution in every situation and you understand that, you know, at any point in time, things could change. And as much as that can be frustrating, I think the key is just going in with that mindset to know this isn't going to be perfect. This isn't going to play out like every other year. There's going to be some things that happen along the way and how we adjust to that, how we handle that, how we react to that is going to go a long way in what this season is going to be for, you know, for him, or as I said, it really applies to all of us um, is you just can't go and go, Oh, okay. We're back to business as usual and think, that everything is just going to be like it used to be. Um, we're just not there yet. And so, you know, with everything, you know, all my jobs and the traveling that I'm doing, you just have to understand what 
what's out there and what may have to be done. And you've got to set your mindset uh, to be ready for anything. Yeah, well said. Yeah, it's been difficult for so many guys. I know I had Matt Lacoste, he tight end for the Patriots. He decided to sit the season out. His baby is due this month. Uh, it's their first child. So I, I, everybody just kind of is in the unknown here of what to do. And you, you hate to see people make these decisions to not play the season and, and, and stuff like that. And it's affecting uh, so much of everything of what we do here. So um, uh, it, it, it's definitely tough. I wanted to get into, um, uh, you know, one thing I want to ask you here, Kirk, because you've got all this experience. My youngest is my only girl. She's six years old. So my oldest is in high school already. I, I, I'm dreading the day when she gets to hit that dating scene. It really <laughs> terrifies me. I know you've already been through there. What kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your kids uh, became old enough to hit that dating scene? I think what we all know is that, you know, we love our kids, um, you know, to a level that people don't understand that all we want is what's best for them and we want to protect them. Uh, but there always comes a time with your kids where, where it's out of your control. And, you know, to me, it, it really comes down to, you know, as long as you can, you, you, you know, put the parameters in place and the protections in place to make sure your kids are in a great spot. Um, but more importantly, you, you teach them the things that you want them to know. And you, you know, you, you have to feel comfortable with who they are as young men and young women that they're going to make quality decisions and they're going to do uh, what's best for them. And, you know, it's a challenge because all of our kids are different and all of them handle things different way and different kids have different levels of confidence and, you know, know who they are a little bit better than other kids. And so, you know, to me, the advice is simply to, uh, we have to know each and every one of our kids intimately. We have to understand that each one is different and we've got to, once again, try to set our roles based on what we know of our children. And, you know, wherever we can step in or need to step in, we have to be ready to do that. Uh, but at the same time, there's got to be times when we have to step back and we've got to trust that our kids um, are prepared and they're ready. And, you know, we raise them in such a way that they're going to be able to handle, you know, the challenges that come with it or the situations that come. And as you're talking about the dating scene or trying to figure out, you know, who that person is and if it's the right person and what that looks like. Um, you know, we, we've all had to go through it. And I think the bottom line for my wife and I is just always know that we're a soft place to fall. Always know that you can come to us and talk to us about any situation. And always know that, you know, whether it looks like, you know, us prying into your business or, you know, being overly um, strict with different things, just always realize that we always come from a place of love and that we always come from a place that just wants to protect you and make sure that uh, you get the best of everything. And, you know, so there's going to have to be some give and take and there's going to have to be some checks and balances with all of us. Um, because as you said, you know, everything is, is a first time, you know, even though I may have gone through it before with some of my other kids, uh, as I said, each child is different. And so each time we go through it, it's, it's new and it's different. And um, how we deal with one child is going to be different than how we deal with another child and, you know, where we trust them and the decisions that they make. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the strength and the ability for some of our kids to see and know right away that this isn't what they want and to walk away from it and other kids to kind of get called, you know, brought into that and, aren't quite as good at, at, at stepping away and getting out of it. And so as parents, we've got to tr try to just navigate 
all of our kids and all of their unique situations and try to be whatever they need us to be um, in their particular situation. Because as you know, you, you can read all the parenting books that you want. You could read all the leadership books that you want. There's not just one way to do this. There are so many different ways when you're dealing with so many different kids or so many different people that uh, we've got to constantly, constantly be learning uh, and adapting and shaping you know, who we are as parents uh, to each and every one of our children and the situations that they, they find themselves in. Yeah, good stuff, Kurt. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to, as, as David Goggins says, trying to callous my mind here for what's about to come for me. So trying to see if I can learn something uh, to prepare myself for. And you mentioned your wife. Obviously, uh, this month we're celebrating veterans. We just had Veterans Day. Uh, your wife, a former Marine. What, 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 how does discipline work in your household with the kids, Kurt? Are you a disciplinary? Does, does she take over disciplinary? What type of disciplinary <laughs> are you? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? All right, dads, today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by Himalaya Botanic Toothpaste. Since I have been conducting more video interviews and making TV appearances, I have been on the search for a toothpaste that's going to help make my teeth look white, feel fresh, and I have found that with Himalaya Botanic Toothpaste. Sometimes using natural toothpaste can feel like a trade-off and leave your mouth feeling unclean, and I've tried so many toothpastes that either taste like baking soda or they don't even work. Himalaya Botanic, my sponsor for today's episode, is a toothpaste that's free from fluoride, SLS, and artificial flavors and colors. But unlike similar toothpaste, they don't compromise on flavor and performance. Himalaya toothpaste is always bursting with foam and flavor. Interested in trying it out for yourself? Get 20% off Himalaya Botanic toothpaste on Amazon with the discount code FATHERHOOD. Check out the show notes for more details on Himalaya Botanic toothpaste and start using a better toothpaste today. You mentioned your wife. Obviously, uh, this month we're celebrating veterans. We just had Veterans Day. Uh, your wife, a former Marine. What, 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 how does discipline work in your household with the kids, Kurt? Are you a disciplinary or does, the, does she take over disciplinary? What type of disciplinary <laughs> are you? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, we're both. Um, we're both. We both play that role at different times. But I would say without a doubt that my wife is much more black and white than I am. And I think a lot of that falls back to her background, you know, in the Marines. Um, and, you know, this is the way it is. And, you know, you don't do it any other way. And so there's just that, uh, that, that fine line that, you know, distinguishes what's right, what's wrong, what, you know, what's, what's true, what's false, what's justice, what's not. Um, and so she very much rules from that standpoint, um, where I think I'm, um, you know, probably less strict and more open to kind of seeing the gray that's out there um, and, you know, hearing my kid's voice and trying to understand where they're coming from. And so I think we balance each other out, you know, very well. Um, but no, she, uh, you know, she's got that background and she loves that background and that background works for her. And so, so many things are very clear cut for her, uh, which at times I think I envy. Um, as I try to wade through all of the different things and try to see all the different things that, um, you know, that come about and all the different circumstances and explanations for different things. Um, but again, I think it's a balancing act where sometimes I can soften her and pull her in and, you know, kind of show her a different side of it. And then there's other times where she steps in and just makes it easy on me to not try to figure all that out and go, no, it's this way or it's this way. And, um, and that's how we're going to parent and that's what our kids need to know. And so, um, so I think like with every marriage and every relationship, 
we're not exactly the same. Um, but I think that helps us, um, you know, sometimes leaning my way, sometimes leaning her ways. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I know that you're a faith-based person, Kurt, and I am as well. You know, we're a family that eats dinner together every night. We pray before we eat every, every night together as a family. Um, has your faith kind of, has it rubbed off on all your kids? Uh, has faith become a big part of their life? And what are the top values that you've hoped to instill in them as they grow up? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think different kids are different ways. And, you know, what I realized growing up is that, you know, very much uh, early in my life, um, I was raised in the Catholic Church and, you know, went to a Catholic school and and all of that stuff. And I never want to say forced because it wasn't forced by my mother, um, but it was who she was and it was her faith. And so because it was her faith, we went along for the ride and it gave me a great basis um, for what faith is all about, what Christianity is all about, who Jesus is and and what he did for me and all of those those wonderful things. But what you realize is that we all have to come to our own faith and we all have to figure out what it is that we believe and why we believe that and why we're ready to to stand for those things um, that you can't force that on anybody. You know, you can't force it on your spouse. You can't force it on your kids. And so each one is going through their own journey. Um, on trying to figure that out. And, and I love that because I think that's what it's all about. It's just like any relationship. I can't tell you what your relationship is going to look like, you know, with, with someone else. Um, you've got to figure that out, out on your own, but I can give you a roadmap. Uh, you know, like my wife and I try to give our kids a roadmap on what marriage looks like and that it's not always perfect, that it's a, you know, it's a back and forth and you learn as you go. And I think faith is very much the same way is I can't just tell you this is what it's going to be and this is how it's going to lay out. You've got to figure out what that relationship looks like for you. And so, um, you know, I have uh, some kids that are really steadfast in their faith, some that are still questioning and searching and trying to figure out what that looks like for them. And my wife and I are are 100 percent fine with that because I don't believe faith ever works unless it's your own, unless it is internal, unless it's something that's in your heart um, that you're locked into. And that's what forces you to live, you know, by the rules and the parameters and the faith and the belief that you have. And I can never, you know, instill that in my kids. You know, I can take them to church and I can make them do certain things, but I can never force my faith upon them. And we understand that. And so we, uh, again, try to model what, uh, you know, what we believe or what it looks like to us. And we try to stay open to uh, to help our kids and to communicate with our kids that it's OK to have questions and it's OK to search and it's OK to find your own way um, along this path, because that's what's going to be vital in, you know, being able to walk this thing out uh, for the long term uh, with God is to, to develop your own relationship with him and not let it be mom's faith or anybody else's faith, but your own. Yeah, wow, extremely well said, Kurt. And I wanted to just get a quick update there, too, on your son, Zach. I know we had the uh, the treasure house. How is the community there building? How's it going with him? What's the update there? Well, I mean, the community is great. Um, you know, we're almost full. We've been going for about two years now, and we're almost full. And it's been a blessing to, to lots of families. Um, you know, as with everybody, um, you go through COVID, and you're facing some of those challenges, the fundraising challenges, as we're just getting underway, you know, that the building fund that we have to be able to get 
our resources paid off and be able to to put all of our resources back into the community and back into the young men and women that are residents there. Um, there's some distinct challenges there, like there is for every organization right now. And we're trying to wade our way through those things. But in terms of the community and the individuals that are there and the families that have been impacted, it has been incredible. It has uh, gone above and beyond what even I think we envisioned for it. Um, and it's awesome to see it come together like like a family, like a, a peer group and all those visuals that you know we had going in to see those things come to fruition. Um, but as I said, you know, one big part of Treasure House is the connection to the community and being able to be out in the community and the community to see our residents and come to know our residents and and the gifts and talents that they have. Um, you know, that's been a challenge because obviously with the pandemic, uh, we're all trying to, to wade through that and figure out what that looks like and when we can get back to some sort of normalcy and when we can connect with our community. So that's been a distinct challenge. Uh, as it has been for all of us, it's been a distinct challenge for Treasure House and our residents there, um, you know, to be kind of, you know, cooped up in in one facility for a long time. Uh, I think it's built some great relationships, um, but it can always cause some tension. So we're we're working through that just like everyone else has to work through that and try to figure out, A, what life, you know, needs to look like right now. And then B, what is life going to look like? Um, you know, in the short term, you know, and I, I won't even say once we're, we're through the pandemic, but once we're, you know, on the other side of it, uh, what does life look like? And how do, uh, do we have to change the way we do things uh, at Treasure House, the way we have to do things individually moving forward? Um, you know, those are things that we're trying to navigate through right now. And I don't know if any of us have the answers to that because we don't know what that's going to look like. But trying to navigate through that so we can still have the kind of impact we want on these young men and women and their families. Uh, but we can do it in, in a safe way uh, that is always that always has their best interests in mind. Yeah, it's awesome, the impact that you guys are having. And I think one of the, the blessings and silver linings of the pandemic, especially early on during the lockdown, was the chance that our family, our, our family got a chance to spend a lot more time together. You know, we were home more and, and now we've kind of rearrange some of the things that we do just because we realize, hey, you know what? We didn't need to do this. We didn't need to do that. And and I think it's been a blessing to a lot of families out there to realize that they can spend and find more time together. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think life got so busy and, and it's so easy to get, you know, so busy with everything that you've got to do that some of those things take, take a back seat. And, you know, some of those things that, as you were talking about, like family dinners, you know, it can get to the point where your kids are going five different directions and you got to run some you know, one of your kids to an activity tonight and then you run another kid tomorrow night. And and some of those things, you know, start to get pushed by the wayside. And um, and I think like you, you know, the pandemic has forced us to slow down and to spend some more quality time together um, and kind of reassess where our lives were and where we want them to be moving forward. And so I'm hoping, you know, with work and with family and, you know, social activities and all that, um, there will be certain things that we apply back to our lives that we learned through the pandemic or things that became a priority again through the pandemic. Um, and so there's going to be some blessings in disguise from, you know, from all this chaos that we've gone through. And I think that's going to be key for organizations. It's going to be key for families and individuals. To be able to assess that and go, hey, you know, I was really missing out on this. We need to make this a priority again. Or, you know, from a work standpoint, man, maybe I don't need to travel 
as much as I did before. Maybe I can spend more quality time doing the things that I love or with the people that I love and I can do more, you know, meetings via Skype or meetings via, via Zoom and still have the same production uh, that I had before, but I can do it in a different manner that, uh, you know, for the big picture makes it a healthier situation for my organization and for me and my family uh, specifically. So, um, so I, I think I'm continually assessing those things and learning some things throughout this pandemic that I want to reapply to our lives moving forward. Yeah, good stuff, Kurt. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I know it's your second go around at this, and you've had a couple of kids that are new parents themselves, but I always love to ask all the dads, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, you know, once again, I, I don't think there's one, um, you know, rule book on, on how to parent. And so, you know, I could give you a lot of different advice based on things that I've been through and different kids that I've dealt with. But, you know, the bottom line for my wife and I is that, you know, we want to tell all parents and the way we kind of go about our parenting is that at the end of the day, we just want our kids to know every day that, that we love them and that we have their best interests in mind and that we will always be a safe place to fall for them, no matter what they deal with, no matter what they go through, no matter whether they make a mistake or not, um, that those things will always be unconditional, that they never have to question those things. From there, um, you know, it's it's day by day, it's situation by situation, and you do the best that you can. But as long as your kids, I think, understand those things, um, then it's all going to work out in the end, no matter how much you agree or disagree and, and um, you know, how big a challenges you may face with different children. Uh, I think if they know those things that at the end of the day, you're going to be able to wade through the differences um, and, and you're going to be able to be. Uh, a great father, a great mother, or have a great relationship with your kids, um, you know, regardless of what life looks like. And we've seen that so many different challenges and different ways of going about uh, life for, for so many of our different kids. But I, I fully believe that every one of our kids knows we truly love them and have the best interest in mind for them in every situation. And you know, they can look and go, well, that's not what it looks like for my sister. Or that's not what it looks like for my brother. And and I get it. Our relationships are different with every one of our kids. But if you ask them those three questions, um, you know, do you know that you're loved? Do you know that your parents have the best interests in mind? Uh, do you know that you can always come to your parents no matter what the situation? I believe every one of my kids um, unequivocally would say yes to all those questions. And I think at the end of the day, if, if we can have them say yes to those three questions, um, you know, we're, we're doing our job as parents. Yeah, wow. Really, really well said. I love the message. Uh, it, it's always an honor to have you on the show here, Kurt. I got to say uh, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time. You're a first-class father all the way. I hope to see you again soon. Thanks, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep having an impact, buddy. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Kurt Warner for coming back on the podcast here. It's always an honor to have him on the show. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast. I always love to hear your feedback. Lock it in Wednesday on the show. Benghazi Attack Survivor. Mark Ozgeist will be joining me here. Make sure you lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, for updates on my upcoming event, 
to the Medal of Honor Convention in Fort Worth, Texas. I will be recording some interviews about fatherhood and family life with Medal of Honor recipients. You don't want to miss out on that. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thanks for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.